Hi, this is Tasha, and just in case I haven't said it lately, which I know I say it every episode, or someone says it for me, this podcast is not for children. And I'm giving you a special warning that if you have little children around, today's episode is not for kids. And you'll hear why as soon as we get into this. Please be aware that True Crime by the Book may discuss topics, share opinions, and use language that could be disturbing or offensive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Tidings, salutations, and holiday libations, bibliophages. Thank you for joining me on True Crime by the Book, where every other Tuesday we meet up to talk real crime, one page at a time. I am your host this week, as always, Tasha Pierce. And uh, hey, if you'd like to give the podcast a hand, head over to iTunes, Podchaser, wherever you can uh, rate and review podcasts. Do me a favor and hit me with five stars. I truly appreciate it. Be a wonderful Christmas gift for me this this year. And speaking of reviews, I got a bad one. I'm not tripping. But if you ever are listening to me and you hear me go, uh, I'm not belching. That's me in thought. That's me instead of saying, um, I hit you with a, uh, And yes, it's a bad habit. And yes, it's something I need to correct. It is not me belching. I would not. I would not do that. (laughs) So um, to counter that bad review, please send me some love. iTunes, Podchaser, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Ah, Christmas. Every year, little ones struggle to contain their excitement, anticipating a visit from a jolly old elf in a sleigh pulled by flying reindeer. If I ask you to close your eyes and picture Santa, most of us would easily conjure a vision of a grandfatherly figure with a white beard and fringes of white whiskers under a red and white cap. When presented with this image, the last thing we think of is to be afraid. Now, if you can't trust Santa, who can you trust? Now, we instill this in the kiddies, that he is the one stranger we invite into the home, unsupervised. He pretty much can break in our house as long as he's leaving gifts. Now, we may want to rethink this strategy when we learn about the misdeeds of a certain Santa doppelganger. Today we discuss Adolf Laudenberg, the Santa Strangler. Now, Adolf Laudenberg is of German ancestry. He was born in 1926 in Lexington, Kentucky. 
So we, I don't have a lot on his childhood, um, just that his mom passed away when he was very young. Now, Ad Adolf did serve in the Navy. And while serving in California in 1944, he met Anil, who would later become Mrs. Laudenberg. Once leaving the service, Adolf, Anil, and her son, Steve, chose to call California home. Adolf worked as a cab driver uh, in the 1960s to support his family. And they were thought to be an odd couple, Adolf and Anel, because Anel was an extrovert and Adolf an introvert, but opposites attract, right? Well, not always. Although Adolf loved and was devoted to his wife, after 30 years together, Anel did not reciprocate those feelings, and she ultimately left the marriage. So Adolf did eventually remarry, but his second marriage also ended in divorce. Adolf did continue to have a relationship with Steve because he had adopted Steve while he was married to uh, his mother, Anel. And Steve, like young men do, met a woman and fell in love. And so like most men do when they see a future with a lady, he introduced his uh, intended to dear old dad. Now, the young couple was planning a move back to California. Jeannie, the girlfriend, went to California first to set up house. And Adolf was helping her get things ready for Steve's arrival, helping her get around uh, because Steve was coming up later in a couple of weeks. At some point during the uh, the time that Jeannie and Adolf were spending a lot of time together, Adolf decided to share a secret with his future daughter-in-law. And what a secret it was. So I want to play make-believe for a second. Make-believe you're Jeannie and I'm Adolf. And I'm about to drop this bomb on you. Are you ready? Okay, I'm Adolf. First of all, Jeannie, I'm hopelessly in love with you, my son's girlfriend. Now, I can imagine things just got weird for you because remember, you're a genie. So, so yeah, I'm in love. But wait, there's more. I've got this shit ton of love letters that I've written for you. Read those and, and get back to me. Now, for you... I'm pretty sure weird just got turned to downright uncomfortable. But wait, there's more. In case, Jeannie, in case I haven't been a big enough creep, let me tell you about this serial killer in San Pedro. And I know what you're thinking. Whew, I love a true crime story. In 30 years, there'll be these podcasts. True crime on rotation. But right now, yes, Adolf. You totally eerie, peculiar freak. Tell me a true crime story. And I, Adolf, began telling you about Christmas of 1972. Lois Petrie was 43 years old. She had recently lost her husband to cancer. And she was known to be a heavy drinker. And I'm sure being recently widowed at Christmas time 
only intensified the need to self-medicate. So on December 25th, Lois was spotted at a local bar. The next day, she was found strangled and sexually assaulted in her own bedroom. Now you hide your angst, Jeannie, as I go on with this story. Catherine Medina was a married woman on August 18, 1974. She and her husband were publicly arguing after her after he confronted her at a watering hole in San Pedro. Now Catherine was intoxicated and while the couple walked home, they argued. Now soon Catherine ran away from her spouse and jumped in a van with an unidentified male. Her nude body was found the following day. Now, Jeannie, here's your chance. You say, oh, our killer is up to two victims. And now I'm, as Adolf, replying, there will be four. There are four sins. Now, on September 4th, 1974, Anna Fike, 54 years old, disappeared after leaving, you guessed it, a bar. It was in the wee hours of the morning. She was sexually assaulted and strangled. Um, A construction worker found her body. Finally, 60-year-old legal secretary Leah Griffin had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. Again, she was a heavy drinker, And this time, our victim wasn't last seen at a bar. She was bound, raped, and strangled. And her remains were found in a hotel in San Francisco. So she was found in April of 1975. So you say, wow, did they ever catch the guy who did it? And I answer, no. I didn't make any mistakes. So at this point, you're like, don't you mean he didn't make any mistakes? And I answer, no, he is me. I mean, I am him. I killed those women. They're my four sins. Imagine how dumbstruck you'd look after I laid that on you. Did I mention we're in a car? I'm driving the cuckoo killer, and you're the passenger. What the heck goes through someone's mind when they're hearing something that horrific? I I can't imagine. But wait, wait. Because right now, I think I need a break. I think I need to take a shower (laughs) from these stories because I cannot imagine what would possess one person to unload all of that on another. So let's take a quick break. I got an email the other day wanting to know what I like to do when I'm not talking real crimes one page at a time. I'm so glad you asked. When I need a break, I've been playing Best Fiends. It's a mobile game that you play right on your phone. It has challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain, but no pressure. It's casual, and I find it pretty fun. I'm at level 45, and I've only been playing a couple of days. 
I also introduced my niece to Best Fiends, and she's already at level 80. I'm coming for you, Nina. You don't need an internet connection to play, so it's great for when you're traveling on a plane or sneaking in the cooler at work when you need a break from customers. Forget I said that last part. Best Fiends features tons of cute, collectible characters, and the colors are bright and stimulating. Every month, the game is updated with new levels and events so you don't have a chance to get bored. Best Fiends also has a 5-star rating and over 100 million downloads. You don't want FOMO. Download it on the Apple App Store or Google Play for free today. That's Best Fiends. Friends without the R. Best Fiends. Play it. I'd like to send a big shout out to this week's sponsor, Podcorn. I know for certain that there are a number of podcasters and aspiring podcasters in my audience. So my gift to you this Christmas is Podcorn. Last week, I was wondering how I could continue to afford the costs associated with keeping my show afloat. Then I found Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing sponsorship opportunities, and you totally bypass the middleman. They don't want you to give up rights to your podcast. They just want to match you with products and services to grow your brand. Their mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control over how they monetize. Click the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn today and start browsing through sponsorships. This is a wonderful tool and a must for every podcaster. Thank me later. All right, I really needed that little pause for the cause. Now, where were we? I was pretending to be Adolf, telling you, Jeannie, all my dirty secrets in hopes that, I don't know, uh, in hopes that you hear how I raped and strangled multiple women and suddenly realize that I'm the man for you. I'm not sure what the end game was there. And it's it's kind of it's kind of mind boggling. This has got to be the exact opposite of what you want it to happen. So let's just say Jeannie is 100 percent sane because these revelations literally terrified her. She began to avoid being alone with Adolf, and when Steve finally got to California, she told Adolf's four sins to him, and the two of them repeated the sins to the cops. Now let's remember, these are 1970s era cops. They were restricted by the technology and science of the times. So when they approached Adolf about what his daughter-in-law and son were saying, he just simply denied ever having this conversation with Jeannie. And the police had no evidence tying him to the crimes. So Adolf was sent freely back into society. Now Jeannie and Steve did eventually marry, but Adolf's confession still loomed over her. So did his quote-unquote love. He continued to barrage her with unrequited advances even after the couple moved to Pittsburgh. It's unclear if Adolf 
played any part in this, but Steve and Jeannie actually did end up divorcing. And let's fast forward to 2002, nearly 30 years later. Adolf would be roughly 76 years old, so he's in his twilight years. It was here that he visited with Steve's latest ex-wife, Renee. He enjoyed his time with this extended family, spending time with the grandchildren, but still carrying this secret ever since sharing it with Jeannie. So one day, Renee and Adolf were alone and chatting when suddenly, you guessed it, Adolf decides to share his four sins to yet another of Steve's ex-wives. Old Adolf, looking very much like retirement home Santa, discloses that he'd raped and murdered four women in his life. Now, of course, if you're Renee, you're soon reevaluating some of your life's decisions. Because this is a man she called grandpa. He babysat her children. Never in her wildest dreams did she imagine that he could be capable of committing such a heinous act. He went on to explain that he manually strangled the victims. And that's a deeply personal and intimate act. It takes a special kind of monster to squeeze the life from a person. He'd done this four times. Needless to say, Renee wasted no time getting the fuck out of there. She went straight to the police, who soon found a case that fit the confession. Investigators also found that another woman, another daughter-in-law, had made a similar report 23 years ago, all the way across the country. This cold case just got hit with a blast of heat and an investigation was soon underway. The investigation took them to Pittsburgh to meet with Jeannie. She echoed Renee's story and corroborated her account with a passage from a date book from 1975. Um, she was one of those keepers who just things like date books, calendars, she held on to them for years and years and years. We're talking decades now. She had a date book from 1975. And um, in it, she had written, Dad confesses sins on the day that he told her his dirty confession. She also kept the, lo the love letters from Adolf from, from when he was fixated on her. Now, as the cops studied his background, they found, well, nothing. No arrests, no tickets, nothing. Well, nothing that indicated that he was a serial killer. He looked like Santa, a face that many people are trained to trust from a very early age. He was a veteran of World War II, a loving grandfather, and a longtime cab driver. Trust, trust, and more trust. The cops kept digging and running into one snafu after another. Evidence that had degraded over time. Evidence that was lost or destroyed. They had nothing in the form of physical evidence. Until 
until a clerk introduced a treasure trove that was just hanging out in a forgotten filing cabinet. This filing cabinet contained the rape kit of the first victim, Lois Petrie. After waiting what felt like forever for a suspect profile to come back, investigators got exactly what they needed in terms of DNA. Now, how would they legally obtain a sample of Adolph's known DNA for comparison? You can't just walk up to a person and swab their cheek and take their DNA from them without a without their consent. So how would the police obtain this DNA without getting the consent of Adolf Laudenberg? A sting, a ruse, a little play acting on the part of law enforcement. An undercover officer bumped into Adolf at a coffee shop and coerced him into conversation. The two talked over coffee and donuts, blah, 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 car burglaries, blah, 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 murder investigation. What the heck? In the middle of this thing, Adolf had directly asked if the undercover was there to question him about some San Pedro homicides. Now, I would have probably started just crying, thinking I blew it, but this officer was not easily razzled. He swung the conversation back to car burglaries and regained Adolf's trust. So much so that when Adolf, who's been careful for damn near 40 years, when Adolf got up to leave, he left his styrofoam coffee cup and millions of little cells of DNA behind. Of course, that DNA proved that Adolf and the killer were one and the same. Now, in September of 2003, Adolf was arrested for the murder of Lois Petrie. The case was tried in November of 2006. Adolf was now 80 years old. It's really hard to imagine this frail old man committing cold-blooded murder but with the testimony of both his former daughter-in-laws, the DNA evidence, and a three-week trial, the jury deliberated for one day. It returned a guilty verdict, murder in the first. Of course, there are appeals that are still ongoing, but for now, this Santa won't be breaking in any homes this Christmas or this lifetime. Now, I chose to share this story because as a society, we tend to assign trust based on how a person looks. This particular serial killer may have used his resemblance to a beloved fictional character to his advantage. He was never known to hurt children, but how easy would it have been? There's a time and a place for Santa only with a known adult. Other than that, Santa Claus is just another stranger. So this Christmas, inform your children that unless you are present with Santa Claus and he bounds down your chimney and they happen to see him, don't trust him. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I know that was like dark and macabre, especially for Christmas, but I just wanted to a diff- show a different side of Christmas. And that different side is we let our collective guards down amongst strangers and people who we normally would get that funny feeling about, but something about Christmas time and something about the festive nature of this time of year, it kind of knocks us off our square. And whatever holiday you're celebrating, I hope you have a happy and safe one. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, Ramadan, whatever it is that you acknowledge and that you celebrate, do it safe. Do it happy. Do it with friends and family. Never let your guard down, though. Never let your guard down. So now that I've told this horror story for Christmas, we'll just end like normal. I know I was supposed to be reading a book this time, but most of my reference or most of my resources were the uh, the wikis that are contained, the wikis about the Santa Claus Strangler and a Dateline episode from 2013, I think it was. So Yes, I got a lot of information from those documentaries and then, you know, what I could find in various books that are more anthologies than it is about one single killer. We got a lot to look forward to in 2020 and you still get one more episode from me this year in 2019. Again, I'm asking for everybody's assistance with ratings and reviews. If you'd like to financially assist the podcast, there are a number of ways to do so. I'm going to leave links to all of that in the show notes. Mostly it's patreon.com slash TC by TB. But there are a number of different ways you can patronize or uh, donate to the show if you'd like. You will also see a link down there to podcorn.com. And I really and truly thank them sponsoring today's episode along with best fiends so thank you thank you twitter instagram facebook tc by tv good old-fashioned email tc by tb at gmail.com and you can go to my work in progress uh website that is also tc by tb.com i will be here like i said next week with another story if you all have any 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 questions comments concerns but mostly any ideas for future topics future books that you'd like for me to read i would appreciate you sending your girl a smoke signal or something outside of that i don't have a whole lot more to discuss again everybody eat good Drink good, be safe, do everything that you can to uh, enjoy the holiday season and meet me back here next week, Tuesday. But F it, balls to the wall. I'm going to go ahead on and (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to cover a book. And if you'd like to know what book I'm covering, follow me on all the social medias or any of the social medias and I will share it there. I've rambled. I thank you for listening and I will catch everybody in the next one. Later, bookworms.